Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Orbital Takes. Today is Wednesday, October 5th. Today's episode is brought to you by Space Flight Hub and Space with Spo, the only space accounts that you need to be following on the internet. We got a packed episode here for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Crew 5 launch, the new photos from the Juno probe of Europa, which is fucking wild. And then we're going to go into uh, launch and scrub of the week and our new segment, OT, OG. Pat, how are we doing today? Happy uh, Space Tober. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Space Tober. We're here. It's yeah. where where did September go? Dude, I can't believe that. Yeah. So uh, uh for those who follow Space Tober, um, is a it's called the Space Tober Challenge. And some guy started it and it's like every day during the month of October, you post a different um piece of art or video or photo or whatever you have. Um, and he's got all the uh subjects lined up lined up for you so like you know the uh today's was you know prototype or testing mm-hmm. or you know what have you so uh, i think the the first day was moon and then launch and then jwst so like each day and it, it's just a cool way to stay engaged and uh yeah. and see what some other uh some other folks are, are doing in in the in the world of space yeah and it's also world space week too i don't know if that like had anything to do with it but uh world space week never gets enough yeah. love it really yeah. does. Maybe that's why he started it in October because uh, yeah, maybe it's in October. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking that too. You know what sucks that this month started on a Saturday. I feel like that should be illegal. I had all these goals for the start <laughs> of the month from like to you know the start on the first, and it's a fucking Saturday when the Hawks are playing, bro. Come <clears> on, you know <throat> what I mean. So all my goals this month are pushed off until Wednesday, Hump Day. You know what I mean. We're gonna get everything done tomorrow. Yeah. I think I'm gonna hop in space tober today if you're listening so uh be on the lookout there that should be good but uh all right so you yeah. want to lead off with crew five or what let's talk about it so let's do it the fifth commercial crew program um crude launch it's going to be a uh, midday launch today if you're listening right now they probably already went up hopefully on a safe flight there a little yeah. midday falcon 9 launch always great whenever you see a midday falcon 9 launch and on hump day yeah. and uh yeah this is I, I feel like the commercial crew program is starting to remind me of like a movie series that just went on too long. I mean, it doesn't get it like as much love as they deserve. Right. Like what what movies had like two, three and four that not that many people that watch. You know what I mean? Like everybody watched Bob and Doug. Let's like how many viewers do you think the crew five launch is going to get in, in the middle of a day on a Wednesday? You know what I mean? Yeah, probably not very many. You know, I'll be tuning in. You know, other space nerds are oh, yeah. tuning in, I'm, I'm sure. But yeah. Like we said with the uh, Blue Origin launches, it's just kind of become routine. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Uh, it's also like, you know, we've become so jaded and so used to it. Uh, you know, if if a Falcon 9 booster doesn't land, uh, it makes news. And it's you know, news, yeah. just like five years ago, like or maybe a little bit longer than that now, but that would have been like, holy shit that yeah. booster landed oh my god that's crazy and now yeah. it's like whoa it didn't land what the hell's wrong yeah. with it yeah it, it is frustrating that you know the entire world isn't excited about this launch right like we're sending four humans off the planet today and nobody gives a shit right i mean the cool yeah. thing about this mission is it actually has the first native uh, american woman that we're ever going to send to orbit i thought that's a yeah. perfect time to happen like eat shit christopher columbus you know what i mean like they're, back, <laughs> they're in space now right uh yeah. so i thought that was really cool another you thing know what's kind of weird about crew five is there's a cosmonaut on there the first one i saw yeah. that yeah riding a spacex know, dragon right riding the broomstick 
Yeah, yeah. How about in. that, Dimitri? Yeah. 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 What's up, Dimitri? Yeah. yeah. Talking shit on SpaceX. And, I mean, and he he's not. He's that? not the uh, the administrator for Roscosmos anymore. But uh, you know, he still has to be like, oh no, now I feel kind of dumb. He's got to be watching that. You know, I mean, what else is on TV in Russia tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, so Pat, where are you at, Starliner? Like, what the fuck? Where, like, where are you at? When are we going to see Starliner in the commercial crew program, man? Yeah, I think they said their crude test is going to be in December or January, depending. And it's because there's so much shit going on on the ISS that mm. there's not enough, like, I think there's literally not enough ports and they, like, yeah. they have it, you know, scheduled out so far in advance. And like, hey, the earliest we can fit you in is is then. So, yeah, so yeah it's, it's, it's coming down the pike. Yeah, I think um, one of the reasons why, even though it's not as hyped as it should be, this gives us a continuous presence on the International Space Station, which we desperately mm -hmm. need, right? Like, we've had mm -hmm. humans in space since 2001, I believe. There has been yep. at least one human in orbit, and the commercial crew program just really establishes that there's going to be an American up there for the rest of the time, pretty much. As long as when we decommission the space station, we have, like... I don't know. We almost have to have another space station up there before that one comes down or else mm -hmm. that record is going to be in jeopardy, man. No, we will. Orbital reef will be up there or, you know, the axiom, uh, -huh. uh well, you know, if it all goes to plan, axiom will have some modules attached to the mm -hmm. ISS before the end of the decade. Mm -hmm. And then those will just detach and become their own space station. So I think, yeah. you know, barring something completely unforeseen, then yeah, we will have another, another space station up there. It is pretty cool from, the when Bob and Doug that they, they had that wild launch on that summer day in 2020. We're two yeah. years later, we're already at crew five, and I know they yeah. have everything up to crew seven planned right now into 2023. I could see them just extending this. We have a crew, 20 oh no, oh no, dude, they they have it all. I think they're gonna get up to like tr crew 15. Crew yeah, 15, they, it's gonna go to crew 100, yeah. man. We might uh, be they, at crew 100. Well, by the time the ISS is decommissioned, I think it's only at crew 15. Yeah, uh, so yeah, they've already true. awarded SpaceX additional seats on, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, additional flights to, to get up there uh, mm. through 2030 um, when the ISS is planning to be deorbited. Mm. And, uh, you know, Boeing, it's, you know, the, they're doing it and, and, you know, we need redundancy. So, you know, it's, it's a good thing, but they're almost like too late uh, because NASA is like, hey, like, you know, we got to get this stuff ordered. We have to get this stuff, um, you know, in going, you know, it's the end of the decade is really not that far away totally um, in, in the in the in the space time anyway. Yeah. Um, so that sounded weird, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I, know, I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean there. Yeah. I want to keep the crew dragon going as long as possible. That's okay. Yeah. Cool. And like Boeing will still be able to go to Orbital Reef. I mean, shoot, yeah. Boeing is a, a partner yeah. in, Orb in Orbital Reef. So, you know, it's not like Starliner, Starliner will be defunct or anything, but, you know, it was developed for the commercial crew program and uh, the commercial crew pro program is almost kind of passing it by. I could also see some of the, um, some of the astronauts that have already rode on the dragon, like guys, like somebody like Victor Cruz, like he might, I feel like be on a Victor Glover, <laughs> Victor Cruz. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Victor I don't Glover. think Victor Cruz, the, uh, the wide receiver for the giants <laughs> is going to be going into space, but you know, hey, out, man, maybe I'm wrong. Out, man. He's, he was big in New York, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. With the that, salsa. That, that goes to show you like the only people that i TV. really care about on this planet are is my family football players and astronauts so like it was yeah. it was gonna be somebody named victor <laughs> what order what order oh dude it's got to be uh astronauts fam no astronauts, okay. no, all right, astronauts no. family football players it goes family <laughs> astronauts football players but i would put yeah. them very close to each other and then astrophysicists are in there too and for just physicists but um yeah. but shit yeah all right so let's talk about uh 
Juno and uh, the yeah. new Europa pick. So yes. one of the one of the cool things about having a buddy that is interested in space that also has a space account online. You break news to me all the time and it's awesome. <laughs> so I, you know, I was going about my day. I forget what day it was last week. And I opened up my phone and I see space flight hub, you know, the main place I get my space info uh, right on there. And I saw the video you posted about the new pictures that mm-hmm. um, the Juno Pro came back with of Europa, one of Jupiter's icy moons. I, I was like, my, my breath was like taken away and I'm not even yeah. just kidding. Like it took over my entire day. Like, cause we haven't had a photo like that since 2000. I never yeah. realized that we haven't seen a photo of Europa since 2000. I was like, Holy shit. I couldn't stop looking at it. Pat, we talk about this uh, moon all the time. This is the place where, where there's life in our solar system, probably <clears> for <throat> sure. Mm-hmm. And we were just looking at it. What were your thoughts yep. on that shit? So yeah, like you, my jaw hit the floor the other day when, when we saw those and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, space photos, you know, we get so many of them in such great quality. It, it really takes a lot for me to be totally amazed by a space photo. I appreciate all of them, but like you said, we haven't had a good close up photo of Europa in over 20 years. And for some place that we think uh, could potentially harbor life, um, it was really cool to, to see that. Um, and the Jupiter icy moon explorer juice um, is going to be launching here pretty soon. Um, so, um, and then the, of course, uh, Europa uh, juice is a, uh, an ESA uh, mission and then Europa clipper, uh, which mm-hmm. was written into law uh, that is going to be launching on a Falcon heavy or potentially starship uh, later this decade uh, for early 2030s arrival. So um, it sucks that neither one is going to be able to detect direct signs of life. And then unless there's like, some kind of crazy biosignature that we just can't see from earth. But yeah, yeah, man, it was, uh, it it was really cool. And um, like you, I'm just fascinated by Europa. It's probably my favorite moon in the solar system. I think it is my favorite moon in the solar system. You know, a lot of people on this planet love our moon, but it it seems like they have no idea about all these other icy moons out there that make our moon look like shit. I mean, Europa is a little bit smaller than our moon, but it's probably got you know, a deeper ocean than the one that we have here. Right. So it's like 100%. I think they said it's like 30 times the amount of water, something crazy like that, where there's like an infographic where it's like, this is the water that's contained on all the oceans of earth. Yeah. And then this is the water that's contained in all the oceans of Europa. And it's like, yeah, it's like 30 times as much, or I could have that number wrong, but yeah, it's something crazy. Clipper is going to be sick. I mean, think about yeah. even the poster. So NASA like drops these uh, posters for their missions. Even the poster is sick. That's how you know yeah. the actual mission is going to be fire. And, and you um, know what su- I'm sorry. Yeah. No, Go yeah. What, what were you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say it sucks that Congress uh, nixed the Europa lander that was supposed to be part of the Europa Clipper mission. So they had a lander that was going to go down and sample stuff. Really? And uh, because of budgets, uh, they ended up canceling that part of it. So kind of like Cassini, uh, you know, uh-huh. uh, early in the early 2000s, it had the orbiter and then it had the Huygens probe that went down in, into Titan um, and sampled the Titan atmosphere and landed on Titan. We got some crazy pictures and whatnot. Oh, it was yeah. going to have something similar to Europa, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, budget cuts. You know, I really wish that for some reason, Elon Musk just had, instead of the hard on that he has for Mars, I wish he had it for Europa. I think that that would be way cooler than setting up something on Mars short term. I feel like like long term, I'd rather wait a couple extra years and get to Europa and start digging on that ice. Right. I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. Uh, (laughs) I think I think uh, we need to see if there's life on Mars first. And if there is, then there's like almost certainly life on Europa, in my opinion. All right, launch and scrub of the week. I'm actually going to go with my launch first because that's kind of like what we just spoke about. Mm -hmm. I am going to launch 
Jupiter's moons. So Jupiter comes with 72 confirmed moons. I think like, I think it has more now. I think it almost has 80 now. Then they keep finding them somehow. Yeah. And, like, where the hell that, are these moons hiding? Isn't that crazy? And a lot yeah. of people like, think about it this way, guys. Like whenever, you know, we're making videos for you guys and we're telling you, hey, Jupiter is the closest it's been for, you know, 100 years. Those moons are coming with it. All right. Like they're, they're orbiting <laughs> Jupiter. So they're yeah. just as close as, um, or if not closer than Jupiter. So just think of it that way. And yeah, I don't know. I know that, you know, a lot of people on our planet love taking photos of our moon. They love seeing it. They're always dumb finding it dumbfounded by seeing like you know just a full moon but there, there's more moons out there guys all right so i want to launch this they're hot in the news uh in the headlines this week they said the chances of life on enceladus have just gotten higher thanks to the new understanding of chemistry in the uh, moon's ocean apparently they might have found uh phosphorus in there right so i mean mm -hmm. yo, let's launch <clears throat> these moons let's start getting more missions to these moons i don't think it's enough that we're just going to a few of them i mean i want to go to literally all 80 you know what i mean and they need guys like us for that so let's launch that what do you got my launch of the week is the Polaris program potentially going to boost Hubble. So we, uh, as we've talked about before, Hubble, you know, one of the most iconic and, and arguably the most important scientific instrument ever made because it has revolutionized our understanding of the universe. Uh, it was serviced, you know, four different times uh, to extend its life and to fix issues and whatnot. It's cruising on orbit, you know, 300 and... 15 miles or kilometers up there. Um, but, you know, even up there that high, there's still a little bit of atmospheric drag that has been pulling it down closer and closer to uh, being uh, dragged back into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just assumed like, hey, you know, it'll die a fiery death one day. And, you know, thank you for your service, Hubble. But so here comes Jared Eisenman, the space nerd extraordinaire, a billionaire who has purchased several flights to be the, uh, the SpaceX Polaris program, the their own Gemini program, which we've talked about on this program before. Uh, and using one of those Polaris missions as the um, as a demonstration to take uh, rendezvous with Hubble and boost it to extend its life. So right now it's predicted to come back to uh, uh, re-enter into Earth in the early 2030s, and this could extend it by up to a decade or more. So imagine having Hubble and J JWST observing the same objects at the same time, which was the original plan. Mm -hmm. JWST was supposed to be ready, you know, early 2000s. And so um, by extending Hubble's life, we're able to maybe do that. We've already seen some of that uh, uh, capability already. You know, we had both the JWST and Hubble look at DART at mm -hmm. the Didymos yeah, and cool. um, uh, during that impact. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's just, a, it, you know, it's a practical application for mm -hmm. some of these commercial space things that, you know, maybe we didn't think about it at first. Yeah. It's crazy that money and connections literally got Jared Isaacman to go up into space and like fix Hubble. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a stark juxtaposition to the billionaire space race of going up there, floating around for a few minutes and coming back down and saying that you could accomplish something. Uh, not to say that they, uh, there's anything wrong with doing that, but like, mm -hmm. here's Jared Eisenman, like, Hey, no, no, I'm going to actually perform a real yeah. service to humanity and extend this. And let's yeah. be clear. This is just a, they announced a feasibility study. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're going, they're looking into it, but, there's no reason to think that this won't be feasible. Yeah. And if it is, then, uh, yeah, it should be a pretty cool Polaris Dawn yeah. mission. You know what, Pat? Jay Money is just different. He's Jay always Money. been different. I, like I mean, think about it. He raised 
500 milli for St. Jude's, right? He yeah. didn't just go to space last time. Hey, yeah. and who said it on the uh, Supercluster podcast? Who said that ain't Jared Isaacman's last time in space? I saw it. I saw it in his own eyes. I was yeah. there when he was riding in those yep. Teslas to the launch pad. Yep. You look in his yep. eyes, that guy's a spaceman forever. He's yeah. going to go up there until he's dead. He's going to be like uh, what's Wally Funk one day. You know Wally what I mean? Funk, yeah. He's going to be going until he literally can. I swear to God. He's yeah. Big- and we've talked about too, like we needed another, you know, quote unquote character in all this. We have Elon, yeah. we have Jeff, you know, we need somebody like Jared yeah. to be like, Hey, I don't own my own space company, but mm-hmm. I see a bunch of really good applications to do this stuff. And I'm going to help spurn some uh, development. Netflix, if you're listening right now, you guys need to be following this man with a video camera for the next 10 years. They need to have the same way that they followed for the Inspiration4 mission, which was an incredible documentary. They need to do that for the Polaris missions immediately. Like they need to get on the training now. They're all training every day. If you look at if you follow them on Instagram, like they're going up in fighter jets and and fighting these G's like daily. I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. This is uh yeah, it's J J Money is quickly uh, climbing the ranks of my own personal like space heroes. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. yeah. he's yeah. up there. All right. Yeah. So what's your scrub of the week? All right. My scrub of the week is a uh, my scrub of the week is going to be hurricanes. Uh, so so fuck hurricanes. Fuck the weather on planet. Earth. <laughs> um, I feel like they're getting stronger, faster and more devastating. You know, as years are going on, obviously, you know, we need to record more data. You know, it's only been, uh, you know, a few hundred years that we've even been studying these fucking things. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. I wrote down here that uh, as of today, an estimated 600,000 homes in Florida and businesses are still without power. So mm-hmm. look, like even though, you know, the storm's all passing through, it's not over yet. I know Mexico still might get hit pretty bad. And yeah, man, hurricanes suck. If it's us versus mother nature, we're losing every time. It's that yeah. simple. So yep. we can't keep our eggs in one basket and uh, sign up for space exploration. All right. So that's yep. my uh, scrub of the week. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would agree with you. Um, fuck hurricanes. Uh, I would also say the technology that space brings, you know, Maxar has been um, uh, documenting the damage done by Hurricane Ian and um, in other natural disasters. And that capability is only going to continue to increase. Uh, so we're able to really see the devastation, you know, uh, not necessarily minute by minute, but day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, our thoughts are with those affected in, in Florida and uh, in the Keys and in uh, the rest of the Caribbean there. Yeah. All right, Pat. So what do you got for your scrub of the week? So my scrub of the week, Indians Mars orbiter mission, India's mom, mission that's that's what they call it mom um so uh uh so thank you for your service mom uh (laughs) they uh back in april they lost communications with it um and now they have uh determined that it is out of fuel so it will uh, eventually die a fiery death crashing into the martian atmosphere and onto the the surface of the planet but it gave us amazing uh, global views of Mars because of its highly elliptical orbit. It was able to almost every day get a full global uh, mosaic of Mars. Uh, really, our first uh, time so, with high def cameras, we were able to do that. And now we have you know several other means of doing so with you know Mars Hope with the UAE and a Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter and, and things like that. But uh, you know that was India's kind of first foray into. Uh, a planetary mission like that and and they killed it so Mm -hmm. um you know uh, like many other things that lasted well beyond its 
uh, designed lifespan. So uh, shout out to the uh, ISRO, Indian Space Research Organization, uh, for putting together just a, a great mission. And thanks for your service, Mom, at Astra. <laughs> That I guess add uh, add Aries because it's yeah. uh it's Mars at Aries. Yeah, I was gonna say that was in that was incredible, and you know, we got Dart, we got Mom, we got Sophia. <laughs> I mean, some of these space mission names are awesome. We need some to of go, them are some of need, them suck. <laughs> we need to go down and rate like we need to dedicate an entire episode to like the top ten, um, space yeah. mission names. And yeah, just I would put that. Mom up there. Mom's up there. Mars sure. orbiter mission. What yeah. what more what how much more clear can you be? Yeah, that's great. Explain the segment, Pat. What are we gonna do yeah. with this thing? OTOG. So we're going to look at significant figures in spaceflight or space research or you know, any kind of any any person who has contributed uh, above and beyond in, in that realm. So there's no real, you know, solid definition for this, I would say, but somebody of significance where you just say their name, and you're like, oh, I've heard that name. You know, I think we talked about uh, Francis Drake, uh, yep, kind of yep. being uh, one of those people, but we didn't have this segment yet. So, mm-hmm. our first OTOG is going to go to Charlie Duke. Charlie Duke was lunar module pilot on Apollo 16. Uh, that is actually my background. Here was uh, the Apollo 16. Uh, I believe he is lurking, lurking at the Warner, the lunar rover right there. If you can see that. Um, anyway, so today uh, today is his birthday. So happy birthday, Charlie! Happy birthday. Um, so Charlie, uh, he's one of the moonwalkers, the the few that are still living. Um, he was, uh, like I said, lunar module pilot on Apollo 16. So John Young, legendary John Young, you know my one of my favorite all-time astronauts as well um, was the the commander of that mission. And, you know, they did this lunar grand Prix thing where they tested the lunar Rover to its, its limits. Um, when Neil Armstrong was landing on the moon, he requested Charlie Duke to be his Capcom wow. because he said, and this is coming from Neil Armstrong, like, you know, smart motherfucker. Um, he requested Charlie Duke to be on Capcom because of Charlie's incredible Uh, expertise and intimate knowledge of the lunar module any astronaut who flew the lunar module was clearly an expert in in all of that realm but charlie was known by the apollo astronauts to be even a step above that Mm -hmm. so he was a true expert in the uh in the lem and its design and all its issues and everything so neil armstrong's like hey i want you on capcom during the landing Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, you know, he's calling out, you know, uh, you know, 60 seconds, 30 seconds, um, 1202, you know, your go for that, uh, alarm. That's and then safe. he's the one who said, uh, uh, what do you say? Uh, Roger tranquility. Yeah. You gotta, got you gotta budget guys about to turn blue and we're breathing again. Thanks a lot. <laughs> like that's his voice. That's sick. Um, so yeah, he's, he's one of the, uh, he's one of the OGs. Um, oh. and, um, yeah. So happy birthday. Total OG at 86 years old. Yeah, that is. And he, I think life. I think when he landed on the moon, he was thirty four. Mm-hmm. Yep, he was a, and, he was uh, the youngest to do so at age uh, thirty six. Actually, thirty six. So, okay, yeah, okay. So youngest to ever ever do so. Yeah. So um. So I am thirty three right now. I can't imagine three years from now being smart enough and accomplished enough to land on the moon. That's. Insane. I don't see how he yeah. was mature enough to do that. I don't see how. Uh, well, he was just a, a super intelligent, talented guy. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, it says he was the tenth of just twelve astronauts to ever yep. to ever set foot up there, which is so crazy. And he's still alive yep. now. Shout out him. Have you been to his website? 
His website is so sick. <laughs> I, I I have not been to his like look, what look, Charlie like CharlieDuke.com or something. Literally, I think it's like CharlieDuke.com, and it is uh-huh. the most interactive uh, website that I've ever been on. Like for an astronaut, I'm gonna have to check that out. Man. It is crazy, and uh, I just want to say special shout out to him, man. He took his brand to the next level in this uh, in this day and age. He probably was talking to somebody like, "Wait, what's this internet thing? Get my website popping!" Yeah, because that website is sick. I mean, it has like old photos that you can go through. It tells this whole story. I mean, this guy, you know, was in the Navy Academy and like the in the 40s, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like 47 or some shit. But uh, yeah, yeah, last time um, he was up there was 1972. I'm sure that maybe he'll go to a suborbital space. You never know. You know what I mean? Hey, yeah, you never know. I mean, shoot, we saw William Shatner do it at age 90. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, this OTOG segment, we're not going to do it every week necessarily, but if there is a significant milestone or anniversary right. yeah, or yeah, birthday yeah. or something like that, you know, we want to start getting some of these names out there to, to you guys. So, yeah. Anytime that you have lunar module pilot on your resume, you're drinking for free at my bar. You're eating for free at my restaurant. Like shots on good. me. You're yep. good. It, if you could take shots, that's, you know, if, if you, yeah. you drink, uh, we don't know what, <laughs> we don't know what his life was like, uh, you know, post, uh, actually, well, what happened? What, where's he at now? I think he's just like working for a church. <laughs> yeah. He, he does the, the speaking segment, actually the yeah. cosmosphere in Hunterson, Kansas. It's a world renowned yeah. uh, space museum. Uh, and I would highly recommend anybody who yeah. happens to be in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Kansas to, yeah. to go there, but they have like the actual Apollo 13 capsule there. They have all this incredible uh, space memorabilia. They uh, are having an Apollo 17 50th anniversary gala, and he's oh, going to be sick. there for that. Um, wow. Tickets are incredibly expensive, and they say, please no autographs or selfies with the with the astronauts. And I'm like, well, then what's the point in going? No, yeah. Damn, that, that kind of sucks. I know. Yeah, because I was like, I was going to do this for Jim Lovell a few years ago. It was the 50th anniversary of Apollo 8, um, and then I tore my knee up, and I couldn't go because I just had surgery. And I've been like, oh, man, next time they have one of those, I'm definitely mm-hmm. going. And then I saw it's like it's like 700 bucks a pop to, I, to go to this dinner. Yeah, um, but then and you can't even take selfies or request autographs. So well, like, but know, then again, you know. if I was that old, I mean, think about it. He's been very famous for a very long time, and then you get like, you know, hundreds of people coming up and taking selfies with you every day now yeah. in this generation. Yeah, I don't know. No, when, I I, yeah. when I ran into Meek Mill on one of my runs one day in Manhattan, I like asked one of his bodyguards to take a photo, and he was like, What the fuck do I look like? A cameraman? So, like, you know, these that's great. These famous people don't necessarily love taking photos with everybody unless like you're just I don't know. You, did you actually get a picture with Meek Mill? Yeah, I did. I'll post it right here for anybody watching. But uh, yeah, it was funny. I mean, I was on a run and I was kind of out of it. But like, dude, I'm a massive Meek Mill fan. That was like one of the coolest moments of my life. You know what I mean? I used to like Um, think I was like in his gang back in 2016. (laughs) Uh, The uh, the dreams and nightmares. That's the song. Oh, dude, one of the best songs of all time. Yeah, I had a uh, I had an experience like that with Peyton Manning. Uh, I was at a a gala with him, and uh, this was back before the front camera on your phone. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, hey, Peyton, can I get a photo? He's like, yeah, man. And I I, I, I stand next to him and I'm like, will somebody take a photo? Will somebody take a photo? And nobody would do it. And he's like, all right, man, come on, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, please, somebody. And so finally this guy took a, a, an okay photo. Um, and then I returned the favor and, um, you know, all, all was well. Oh, I thought where you were going with that. I thought you were going to say, like, you turned it around and you missed or some shit. Like, that's where I thought that was going. But uh, all right. I'm not a very good storyteller. No, shut up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it with another episode of Orbital Takes number 22. Thank you for tuning in with us as always. I know, Pep, they're dropping another uh, JWST image today. So be on the lookout for that. And where can they find us online? 
Looking forward to that JWST photo for sure. Uh, you can follow us online on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok at Orbital Takes. Uh, we'd appreciate if you would leave us five stars or a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us to. And at Astra, everybody. There you have it. We'll see you next week, guys. Have a great weekend. Go Crew 5 and at Astra, baby. Peace. Peace.